Hello and welcome everybody to episode 32 of Stadium Connect North and today we are going to be talking with Remco from Triangle Studios about their upcoming game from space on Stadia. But first, let's take a look at who I have assembled here. Some really good friends on the panel here uh, today. So I've got over here to my right, the one, the only, SPG, Stadia Pro Gaming. William, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. Very excited for the interview, man. Love the artwork of this game. You'll you'll be seeing it in a minute. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I totally love uh, your background there as well. Totally in theme and in vibe with that, so it's great. And below William here, we've got uh, another good friend here, Rock. How are you, Rock? Oh man, I'm I'm absolutely buzzing. This is going to be such a superb <laughs> show. I've even brought Jurassic with me. Look at that. Oh, there we go. I was, I was actually in the original before they built the park. I was... <laughs> oh my gosh. And below me, I we save the best for last. No. Gray 3473, the What's... gaming cyborg. How are you doing, my friend? Man, first of all, I love that intro. Oh, my God. Love that yes, intro. Rock, Rock did a fantastic job on that. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, and thank you for having me back on uh, Stadium Connect. This is my second time on the show. And mm -hmm. uh, I just I love this show. Love what you uh, guys do here. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, uh, unfortunately, today for this episode, uh, Ninja Gaiax wasn't able to make it uh, due to some other commitments here, but I hear that he's going to try and see, uh, possibly stop by in the chat here. So, uh, yeah, really yeah, looking there. forward to that. Oh, yeah, he is. You know, I'm already missing it already. I, I feel <laughs> lost. Like, Rock, like, I, like it's role reversal on the Rock show. Usually, you're up here in the top left-hand corner. No, tonight That's you're tomorrow. wearing the dress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so let's get into uh, what we are all here for. Let's bring in our good friend here, Remco. Hello, hey, my hey. friend. How are you? Hi, guys. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. And also, I, uh, thanks for moving up your your regular schedule. Right? You uh, you usually have these at a slightly different uh, uh, <laughs> time. I uh, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we, we want to be accommodating um, because, you know, we value your time. We understand that you're very busy. And, of course, you're a different time zone. So, for me, you're, you're six hours ahead uh, for, I think, with Rock, who's in the U.K. So, you're about an hour ahead of him. <clears throat> Ray, you're nine hours ahead. And William, seven hours ahead, right? Yeah. So, yeah. We, we're Ooh, all the different time yeah, from all over here. But again, thank you so much for coming on the show today, talking up, to the, st <laughs> the Stadia community um, about From Space because we are super, super excited for this game. Thanks for having me. Oh, definitely. Okay, so let's let's get in right to uh, the questions here. So before we start talking about From Space. Can you maybe introduce introduce yourself for those who you know maybe don't know you and tell us a little bit about sure. yourself and Triangle Studios? Yeah, absolutely. Let me let me give you the slightly uh, longer version. So my name's my name's Remco. I'm the founder and CEO at, at Triangle Studios. We're we're a company in the Netherlands, and we're with about 20 people uh, right now. 
We are what I what I call myself a multi-platform developer. So we uh, we build games most often with uh, the Unity engine. Uh, we build games for for PC streaming platforms, but also consoles. So we we build PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo Switch. Like we we got a little bit of everything, and it's something that we uh, that we've become very good at in uh, over the years. Uh, we've been in business for for quite a while. Actually, started in my second year of college uh, with two good friends of mine. Um, there, like this was in a year where my uh, where the college that I went to like started a course in in video games, and immediately I uh, I wanted to jump in. I wanted to do my own thing, which was very foolish because. What I should have done is play along with the with the other students and just build mods in Unreal Tournament. That was that was what the what the course was about back then. But I wanted to build games for Nintendo platforms. It was all about was a big Nintendo gamer back then. St mm -hmm. Still am right now, but maybe a little bit bigger back then. So we wanted to build a Game Boy Advance game, which oh, if you okay. if you know anything about creating video games, like. Game Boy Advance and and older platforms are, are super hardcore. They're very limited on resources. You have to build your game in very particular ways, and we didn't have any any dev kits, no information. So it was all homebrew stuff. And I got a I got a team uh, uh, together, uh, just the uh, people who were also in college that, that like we didn't have a lot of time, but we just any any waking hour we spend on uh, on building this Game Boy game. And then in the summer of 2004, I went to ECTS in London, which I don't even know if you guys remember that name, but this is an ancient game show. It's, it's, I actually went there for the very final uh, year of it. And I, I went there and because my goal was to go to Nintendo, show my game, and that would be the start of my career. So I went to the show and it was basically dead. Like no companies were there. I took, I was like, I was, I was there with like, with promotional material and I had the game on a, uh, like we went there with four or five guys and we had the hotel, which was a really shitty hotel, like the works, right? That's <laughs> London. We went there, <laughs> dead. The, the entire show was dead. And it was like, yeah, yeah, everybody went to this other show and was, I think it was something like Game Stars or something. I don't know. Like it was also in London. So next day we, we went to this other show and there was a Nintendo booth. So I knocked on the door, guy came out. I, of course, didn't have an appointment. I showed him the game on my, on my Game Boy Advance and I was a little bit worried about it because it was a homebrew game. The guy started playing, it was like a, like a shmup. It was like intended as a bullet hell game, but it was really, really basic. And after a couple of minutes, he like, yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'll hook you up with the dev kit. Wow. That was really that was really the wow. beginning of my uh, of my career. But like we didn't know we didn't know anything back then. And all of a sudden we were like, oh well, well now we got to do it, right? So throughout college we basically focused anything on on building games, and we went from uh, from building games on, on Game Boy to Nintendo DS to mobile phones to to PC and consoles. And now I'm like we've been in business for this summer sixteen years. So. So quite a long time we've been around. We've done so many different uh, different things, but uh, I think we we after a long time we really found uh, what we were supposed to do is build uh, uh, specific kinds of games, games that are multiplayer games that you can enjoy with with your kids as well as with, with your friends, and that's what we're building right now. That's that's from space. So this is like the the medium medium size. Like there is ups and downs, and there is all kinds of stuff going uh, going on. But that's 
that's a little bit of the history of Triangle Studios. Wow, that, that that's very interesting. So uh, I understand you have uh, there's there's is there there's two studios that you have. Um, one one's located. Can you maybe tell us about where where your offices are located? Oh, okay. So we, it, it it might have actually be very recent. I don't know. Uh, okay. Did you see it on the website? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we have a <laughs> so we have an office in in Leeward in the Netherlands, and we also have an yep. office in Dallas, Texas. Yes. And uh, we were uh, like, we opened that office in two thousand eight. We actually had a couple of really great guys uh, work there for us. Which got me into like it was my first experiences uh, with being an employer in not just in America but being an employer in Texas, which mm -hmm. is like it was an absolute <laughs> culture shock for me. Um, oh, I'm sure not, <laughs> not fun. Uh, so I, I basically like we were we were just like, two three years uh, into mm -hmm. into Triangle Studios and like yeah let's go over to the U.S. let's start a business there because like, all the big game dev studios are are over there in the U.S. right like this. We thought that was our our way of getting in bigger contracts and bigger deals, and in a way, it was because we we met some some great friends that I'm still very close with to this day. Like a lot of people in that area, whether that's that's Gearbox, it Software, Robots, uh, Studios in Austin or Houston. Like everybody was so welcoming, uh, mm -hmm. so we learned a great deal by having that office there. Right now, it's what we call like a sales office. So it's like whenever I okay. come to the U.S., which isn't often in the past couple of years, if you, if you mm -hmm. catch what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, like we have our our base where I can where I can work and I and I can I can easily travel to New York or, or San Francisco from mm -hmm. there. So it's kind of like our home away from home, and we call it uh, Triangle Studios Dallas. Oh. That's cool. That's that's interesting. So for those wondering, because I know there's always people are just curious, is how, how big is your studio? Like approximately how many people um, are contained within Triangle Studios themselves? Yeah, that's, it's about 20 people at the uh, at okay. the studio. And uh, like it's a nice, healthy balance between uh, uh, programmers, uh, artists, 2D and 3D artists, technical artists and uh, animator we we do work with uh, with people external to the studio as well but we try to work with the with the same people as much as we can so for instance mm -hmm. we've been we've been working with uh, uh with a great gentleman from south africa for the music in our uh, in our oh, games wow. he's been he's been responsible for the soundtrack on on bro force uh, uh, for instance so not everybody who we work with or not everybody who contributes to our titles is internal at, at triangle right. studios but most of them are like we we have like 95 percent of the work in-house at the uh, at okay the oh great and that kind of leads into my next question here um so you've worked with many clients on games and also developed and self-published some games can you tell us about some of the games that you've worked with the on the uh, partnerships and then also ones that you've self-published absolutely so yeah we so with very early days we we done so many nintendo ds games right and i I think you'll remember that Nintendo DS had just the craziest titles because like um, PC gaming was still very much PC gaming and indie gaming hadn't really gotten started yet. So we were mm -hmm. doing like TV games and kids games and puzzle games and like all kinds of different. I think we did like two dozen Nintendo DS titles in a really short time span. And wow. in this time, we were working with all kinds of different different publishers. So we had like we sometimes we had three, four games in the works at the same time. These were really short games that just like 
nobody really knew about uh, until like it, they started to become a little bit bigger and they were built off TV franchises at the end of the Nintendo DS uh, lifespan. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we really thought like, okay, hey, we, we want to work on some more substantial uh, uh, titles. So we started looking for projects that required like more devs to be on, uh, on a project at any given, any given time. Uh, we've done that for a really long time. And I think most uh, recently, like the, fine, the last project that we worked on for a client is a game called uh, Mickey Storm and the Curse Mask. It is a, is a side-scrolling, water-sliding uh, platforming game. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm super proud of how that turned out. Uh, like, our client really allowed us to, uh, to get the most out of that, uh, out of that, out of that genre and out of, those, uh, out of those characters. So we had a lot of fun building, uh, building that game. Uh, like an in between, we we built games like it came from space and other brains. We worked on a game called Cross of the Dutchman, which is actually mm-hmm. an historically accurate uh, action adventure. Um, some puzzle games that we've uh, uh, that we've worked on, and just yeah, a, a ton of games over the years. Our our focus since I think early last year has been all on on from space so we really worked our way up to getting the entire team ready to work on from space and mm-hmm. like it's a it's a big investment because i think as you can imagine like everybody at the studio is working on on from space and has been working on the title for a uh, for a long time so even for from space it's important to get great partners lined up people who really believe in the in the concept and I think since the topic is uh, is Stadia, I can can truly say that Google is one of those uh, one of those partners. Like their their Stadia Makers program, uh, where they partnered with Unity, has allowed us to uh, really get the game going. And like it, it just accelerated uh, interest from other parties into the into the title as well. So it got us where we are where we are today. Nice. nice. Well, before I pass on on to Rock here, who's got some questions for you, wanted to highlight uh, Ninja Guy X in the chat here says Mickey Storm looks super fun. I hope that comes to Stadia. So, <laughs> is there any possibility of of Mickey Storm coming to Stadia at a certain point, or is that up to the the publisher? Yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely it's definitely up to the publisher. Um, I. I'm not aware of like the conversations ongoing right now, but even in my uh, in my regular updates with my uh, account managers at, at Stadia, like I I showed them these titles that we've uh, that we've worked on, trying to encourage like a conversation between our client and between Google, nice. uh, just trying to bring more uh, more work to the platform. And you have to also realize that if if there's a new platform to be added, this is work for triangle studios so this is how we've been operating for many years of course like hey right. can we add can we do something more with the game can we do an update an expansion an additional platform anything like that to uh to continue working on the on the game but yeah who knows i i and i genuinely don't know but it might okay well, i hope it does be, yeah that would be fantastic because i know like when i was doing a little bit of research on triangle studios like that game in particular caught my eye there and we're like watch the trailers and some gameplay cl- clips of it and it was like wow this this looks really fun and it looks like it would be a perfect fit for stadia 
So thank you. Know, you. I, could, I, I want to do a little bit of a, a little bit of a pitch for that uh, for that game. Uh, it, the, the partner that we worked with when the game caught, uh, uh, came out it was like in the middle of the of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So they partnered with with Warchild, and they actually pledged that part of the revenues of the game are donated oh, to nice. to Warchild oh, for the wow. purpose of like relieving relieving stress for for kids and like it's. Um, yeah, it's it's all their uh, their decision, but we were really happy with uh, with how generous they were on uh, on on that uh, on that project. So yeah, if you if you if you're on PlayStation or Xbox or Nintendo Switch, um, go purchase Mickey Storm, and uh, you'll help you you'll help a good cause as well. Awesome, that's fantastic. Great. All right. Well, we'll move on to Rock here. He's got some questions for yeah, you. Yeah. So, um... Hoi, good evening. Oh, very good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Danke. So, uh, so Remco, um, we're here to talk about From Space. And I, I know the first that I heard of it, and I think most of the people in the community, was with the demo, uh, which we saw, I think it was back in the middle of September, when Stadia released some information. They released the demo uh, on the This Week on Stadia blog. And we'd already played, uh, obviously it came from outer space, um, but this blew my mind. <laughs> it's such good fun. I don't know, I know a load of people in the community played this over and over and over because it's just such a great game. And I was saying to you uh, just before we, we came online here that uh, playing this game, I had this hankering for those little strawberry-flavoured Haribo <laughs> marshmallow <laughs> sweets. <laughs> I just couldn't get enough of this. It's absolutely superb. So, Peeps. what I mean, obvious, the obvious is that it's a, it's a multiplayer version of, of the earlier game. But you know, where where did the whole concept of From Space come from? I mean, what's the kind of background on the story? Yeah. So the so the honest answer is that um, a, a while ago, I think this is 2013. We were uh, alongside our commercial projects. We were doing game jams at, at Triangle Studios because, like, sometimes the, the the topic of these commercial projects they they aren't to everybody's liking. It's like we 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 try to make the most of it, but if the client wants a wants like a, a match three puzzle game, then and and you're like a, 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 you're a multiplayer gamer yourself. You like games like Battlefield, or you like uh, uh, games like that. Building a match-free game is not something that you that you get like a lot out uh, uh, from as being part of that team. So we we had we re- regularly had game jams where we're like, okay, let's do something crazy in a short amount of time and see what we can uh, can come up with. And it came from space and Ada Brains actually got started as a game jam title. So it was built as a first prototype in I think just a, a week's time or just a couple days time. And everybody felt so strong about uh, about the prototype that it kind of evolved into its own separate Steam game, which then a, a few years later got a major upgrade and uh, and got converted to uh, to consoles as well. And I think that we we kind of like the ball kept rolling and the ball kept getting bigger and bigger. And even when it came from space and Air Brains was completely done, we felt like. At, at the end of that, we actually had a contest at the studio where we like we were challenging any anyone on the team to come up with like a new game concept, and we at the end of that we had twenty new game concepts that were all really cool and really creative, and we felt like there's so much more that we can do with this format with these creatures, we should we should reinvent it. 
So we it came from Space and Aether Brains. We kept that as its own separate arcade title. Yes, we, we added a campaign mode, but to us, it's very much still an arcade game. And we felt like in order to in order to give more substance to it, in order to make it a more complete experience, why not build something completely new with like our latest experience? And this is this is really where from space originated from. Um, so I think uh, back in December 2019 is where we actually built our first internal prototype for the game, which was like from a visual perspective, it was already really good. And we took that prototype with us to PAX East in Boston. And this was actually the very, very last show before everything, everything got shut down uh, at the, uh, for the pandemic. And at that show is where I met the guys at uh, um, uh, my contact at, at Google uh, for, for Stadia. Uh -huh. Like we played the original wow. came from Space and Inner Brains that was at the show there. I, I, I showed him the, the prototype. We, uh, we shared the prototype after. Like I was meant to go to to GDC in San Francisco like two weeks after PAX East, but that that never happened because the like Trump closed the borders back then for for all European uh, travelers, so everybody <laughs> was just in actual lockdown. But this is this is where the ball really got uh, really got going. Yeah, that's amazing. The uh, and the thing as well that I really love Remco is there's a kind of a there's a real IP merch opportunity with these characters. I could so see them yes. as cuddly, you know, stuffed animals and t-shirts. Oh yes, and, yes. You know, and the and the little <laughs> mugs and stuff. I mean, have you guys thought about extending into that kind of realm? Absolutely. I, you you have to realize just as a, as a small as a small developer, it's just all about getting the game where it needs to be. And like if if we get enough people liking the game, if we get enough people playing the game, then we know that stuff like that will will hopefully follow follow shortly after. Like you can you can come up with some cool ideas for that, but it's just very difficult to to do that on your own. You Focus. need really strong strong partners to do that, and even. Um, a while ago, we we tried something on on Kickstarter, and I think a lot of a lot of projects on Kickstarter got got criticized for this by basically saying, "We will send you merch and T-shirts, and we send you X, Y, and Z, and everything." And it's like, and people weren't considering like production costs and shipping costs and all those timelines, and like that already got us to a point where like, hey, let's let's just focus on the game, like T-shirts and hats and all that kind of good stuff. Like it will it will hopefully come come after. But just a like bag you, of you strawberry-flavored marshmallow sweets, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll promise you, they look a lot more, a lot more fluffy and squishy in the latest version of the game. So you'll be, you'll be, Ooh, you'll be craving, you'll be craving Remco, more you, sweets. Just, for those, for those that haven't played the demo or maybe haven't played the original game, can you kind of give us an overview of gameplay and what the game's about? Yeah, absolutely. So, from space, at its core, is a, is a cooperative shooter. It's it's very it's it's all about the it's all about the action and a little bit about cooperating with your friends, but also shouting at your friends. Like that's a big <laughs> uh, that's a big part of it. So, in in from space, you play as a squad of specialists who are whose objective is to save the planet from an alien species who have actually landed on Earth in pursuit of a cloud of energy crystals. Like these crystals are spread out all over the crash sites. Aliens are, are trying to harvest them. But the humans have also figured out that you can actually harvest this energy for yourself and build some really cool weapons out of them. So there's this challenge going on, like the military hasn't been successful and it's basically up to our specialists to, to save the day, and save the planet. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a top-down uh, shooter. Um, 
you i think the demo is played exclusively as a as a twin stick uh, shooter but we really try to think about accessibility so like in in our version you can also play it with one stick uh we're, we're trying to accommodate to like all kinds of uh like people young and old and skilled or or maybe new to uh, to the genre so we don't want it to to be too um like we don't want to seem too much like a hardcore game i do I, it's not a hardcore game in in my opinion i have uh, i have a six-year-old da uh, daughter who, who loves playing this game uh, with me and like she just puts it on on auto aim she just puts it on uh, <laughs> on, on help me help me out and know. like it's that's yeah it's it's there's it's it's great if you're able to really enjoy a game for for what that, it is i know that things. there's sorry Renko. No, I just wanted to mention, like, there's a lot of, there's new, there's games right now that really reward you for killing the hardest bosses that are there and really make it rewarding it that way. From Space is more about enjoying it with a broader group of people. Yeah. It's not about being intimidating in its controls or, or difficulty, no. but like we, we do want to give you a little bit of a challenge and... Uh, <laughs> As long as you're having fun killing those aliens, we, we kind of feel. I mean, as a as, uh, we we also do a show on, uh, in fact, uh, tomorrow, which is largely it's a Stadia show, but you know, this is for us. This is the kind of perfect Stadia game. It's you know, it's almost it's not it's not a casual game, but it kind of is. If you just want to jump in and have a few minutes play, you don't have to get used to massively complicated game rules or mechanics or controls uh, but you get a satisfying experience every time you jump in and play and that's kind of what we've always felt makes the ideal stadia game mm -hmm. yeah I, I kind of agree i think that like um, uh, when i when i discovered stadia as a as a gamer i felt like those pick up and play titles were definitely my go-to's for the for the platform um, I know that there's deeper experiences, and I know that you, you could play like a hundred-hour RPG uh, yes. uh, if, if you want, just as uh, just as easy. But um, I think I, I played a ton of Human Fall Flat on on Stadia, and like I could I could have played that probably on any platform, but somehow Stadia was like the the go-to platform for me for that uh, for that title, and also like. Um, like I know my my parents, they don't they don't have a, a game console at the house, but we we take the kids there. I take the Stadia controller. I just put it on their on their uh, Chromecast, for instance. And it's like, oh hey guys, you can you can play some games right now and don't have to be all the way up in the attic uh, somewhere somewhere back there where Grandpa can't see you anymore. So yeah, it's, it's just so good. So on a steam train setup. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and you can play it solo as well, can't you? I've I've played it single player. It's not purely uh, co-op. No, it's it's not it's not exclusively co-op. But the way it is set up is that when you when you play the game, you're automatically open for any friends to to join you. Yeah. So wherever you are in the game, uh, if a friend sees you playing from space, they can join your session straight away. And that's that's how it's intended, right? If you, I guess, if you do want to play exclusively by yourself, you can just lock your session and just play by yourself. But we, it's not like we we have separate uh, achievements for doing anything on your own, for instance. It, we, it's meant to be a, a group experience. Sure. And we've um, so the game also scales uh, dynamically in difficulty. So as soon as you as soon as you add a person uh, to the game, the aliens get stronger. Uh, like you, you have to put in a little bit more effort in in killing them, and that scales all the way up from uh, from one to uh, to four players. And especially with four players, we try to give it like that really because we know if you have four humans controlling characters, this happens way back like in games with Halo as well, right? If you 
if you if you play with one friend on on the high on legendary difficulty like you're having a lot of trouble killing those uh, uh killing those enemies but like if you're with four players it's like you're a walt right like you're destroying all these <laughs> right, all right. these characters yeah so it's like one two and three players it's it's a good challenge but for four players we're kind of like dialing it up to uh, up to 11 a little bit nice, <laughs> nice. back um back in february renko um the, your official tweet your official twitter uh, account tweeted out a picture I see it, it may have been you I'm not 100% sure it, somebody it was has, playing it was you was it my couch back there so uh -huh, there I it is it's, <laughs> yeah. you had it all going on you had the you had the PS5 I think you had a, a switch up there and uh, I think there was even an Xbox hiding away there you go there it is yeah um, just out of interest was that done using the channels feature that Stadia offers for playtesting uh, I don't. I don't think it was specifically. So, th what I what I really like about Stadia myself is, I don't have to lug around a dev kit with me from the office back to my back to my home. And you have to realize that a lot of these dev kits they're actually IP locked. So, for instance, Ooh. a PlayStation dev kit like it only works at the office. Like if someone were to oh. take our dev kit, like can't do anything it shuts itself down if you if, if you play on any other ip oh, wow. but our but ours but for stadia i can just like remotely uh, uh start a build uh, on our on our build server it uploads it to the uh, to the system i can uh go into the back end and basically say i want to use this build i want to play it at this performance and i want to put it on my screen and there we go. So Amazing. this is this wow. is not the this is not the beta uh, program. This is not like sh sharing a build with a broad audience. This is all dev stuff. But Internal. like Google really has their act together when it comes to doing this stuff. And of course, it's it's all remote, right? Very early Stadia devs. I think they they were working on actual hardware at their office. So they were basically mimicking like a server park at their at their buildings. Not for us. Like we've only worked with uh, with the with the service in the data centers, and we've the only hardware that we have is the the controller and the Chromecast. That's all we that's all we need. And right. basically, we can I can I can just I, I think I just launched the, the most recent build on my TV um, with the I think it was even the LG app because I was also test running the uh, the new app on on LG TVs. Uh, okay, yeah. And it was just yeah. If you, I think. Um, uh, like I was trying to see how it's how, how it will differ over Wi-Fi versus over a LAN connection, and because our game is pretty dark, like one of the challenges that we have is to get a lot of um, uh, to not make the compression as obvious because like um, our color spectrum is really really condensed, and this is something that video compressions they don't they don't really like that they they like bright colors all over the place, yeah. really great contrast, and while we have a, a, a ton of contrast, we also have a lot of of dark colors so we were at the at first we were seeing like the, the the video compression that was taking place it wasn't giving us the fidelity that we that we really like for from, from uh, for from space so we did a lot of tweaking to get it get it right on on stadia compared to to other platforms and i'm guessing hdr helps with that as well by you know, boosting the the contrast and darkening well this is a thing. So, because we are considering a lot of like as many platforms as possible, and because we are working on the on the Unity engine, we actually cannot use the the high definition render pipeline. This is a this is a technical thing, but like basically HDR on Unity is not very um, 
like it's very difficult to do in the um, uh, in the old render pipeline, so to say. So um, we haven't been able to unlock uh, or use HDR for for from right. space, unfortunately. But yeah, I think that they're still because using we, an older we, version of Unity in their pipeline, aren't they? Essentially. Well, it's it's more about that the newer stuff isn't um uh like it isn't is it isn't really suited for the lower performing devices <clears throat> and if you want to consider like certain ha uh, handhelds for instance this is a, like it's basically a no-go so you're locking out a, a, a like a massively popular platform that unfortunately just has the lowest specs out of all devices so this is something that we have to consider but we we do try to be very because hdr is great but I think you can, you can, and it's something different. Like it, you can't really, you can't really it mimic it on non-HDR screen. But yeah. like I've, I've seen some really bad implementations of HDR as well. Yes. And it's not, it wasn't, it was definitely not in our, in our area of expertise. So we just stuck with what we, what we knew. And I think, regardless, it looks still very good, especially That's on amazing. OLED, on OLED screens. Yeah. And that's the thing about your your color palette in a sense because you do have that it's dark around the edges and then you're, you're, you're these blasts of light so in essence the color palette in any case has that effect you don't need to simulate it and, and boost it with hdr do you it would have been nice to have but like unfortunately early on we knew that this was just one of those kill your darlings things it's like hey let's just focus on <laughs> Let's just focus on other <laughs> other give. areas. <laughs> Something's going to give. HDR was one of those uh, one of those things. Are you are you planning on using? Um, are you planning on beta testing using the same process that you're you're checking it there at home and playing with it, with 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 people outside of the outfit? Yeah, that will that will probably go through those uh, uh, through those features that you that you mentioned, like uh, just managing a, a wider group of people and gathering data from them that like. The, the version that I use is basically like a, a developer console that I can select builds and and it's just on a on a one to one scale or working with the with the team that is doable. But as soon as you are like I, I want to open this up to like 100, 200, 500 people, then you really need a different system to do, to distribute, turn the builds on and off, and and to be honest, like uh, I, I'm I'm pretty platform agnostic, but like. Steam has a great way for for doing that. It really allows you to scale and to and to measure those uh, those experiences really well. Although I think uh, we also are going to lump in Stadia for that because the game is like uh, it's 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 it has all different settings on on Stadia, and we need to make sure that it uh, that it performs well on Stadia uh, equally to to PC gamers. No, that's fantastic, yeah. Remco. I'm going to hand you over to my good friend Ray, who's got some questions. Um, bursting to ask you thank you for all of those yeah <laughs> of course yeah thank you remco first of all i i love your game designs i'm a huge fan of it came uh from outer space and ate our brains i love that game it's nothing like shooting a rapid gun uh at waves and waves of cute aliens charging you so Thank you for that. And also, I can't wait for uh, from space. Uh, the question I want to ask you is, recently, the demo from space was removed from the Stadia store and Steam store, along with the achievements for the demo. Uh, can you tell us what <laughs> it was removed, why it was removed? So just in, so we had our we had our plans to basically sunset the, uh, the demo on the on the platform. And the first question that I that I ask my account management is, will the people still have their achievements? 
and they're like, unfortunately, no, this is uh, this is not this is not doable uh, for us. So I was I'm very much aware that people love their achievements, um, and actually the fact that the demo had achievements was just uh, was an experiment for us, okay. because we were building from space as a multi-platform game, and that means trying to hook up all the services, achievements being one of them. So having achievements on Steam and Stadia was already uh, a test for us to make sure that everything was uh, was working well across uh, across platforms. So that's just in in regard to the uh, to the achievements. Sorry, sorry that you're, that they're missing from your profile uh, right now. <laughs> uh, I think there were also people mentioning that they were still missing achievements. So maybe they are more happy that their that their, uh, their profile is now more more complete again. <laughs> Um, oh man! So Very yeah, good. so the reason for for basically disabling the demo is that the the entire demo came to be as part of the um, uh, the Steam Next Fest uh, in the, in the summer of last uh, of last year. Uh, we early on in the year decided to make a make a big push for having a demo in the summer to basically try and get as much buzz around uh, around the game as possible. But we also knew that. From that demo, we would have several more more months of working on like the visuals and the mechanics and and all kinds of good stuff. That now, when I when I look at the state state of the game as it is right now, it's just it's vastly different from the from the demo, in my opinion. Like fundamentally, it's still still the same game, but like the, the aliens look different. The characters had a complete overhaul. We had so many more cool. Uh, weapon effects like okay. there's way more color to the to the world so very soon we will be we will be starting to prepare for a for a big announcement around uh, around the game and we felt like the demo has really served its purpose but if we if we reveal new visuals new videos and and anything about the game having the demo still there is basically is not helping us out because people are seeing the screenshots they're checking out they're then checking out the demo maybe mm -hmm. but they're not getting the experience and they're not getting uh, seeing the visuals that we'd like them uh, to see Got so it. we we thought about how, can we can we update the demo but basically like when we finished the demo this was when we continued like this is where we where we left what we had and this is where the all of the the entire rest of the project it continued to evolve so updating the demo from where it was back then to where we are right now would be it would be its own separate project it would be a whole lot of work and we basically felt like let's just continue like we have to really pick what we what we want to focus on and updating the demo to the latest visuals it's uh, it's not something that we that we chose and also, this this is a really this is also a little bit of a business decision. Like as a developer, you have to be wary about satisfying the appetite. I don't know if you're if you're familiar with this, but if a if a demo or if a, a trial or if something in a game gives you satisfies your your need for it mm -hmm. within like an hour or two hours, like people will refund the game, people will lose interest in the project because they'll basically say, "Okay, I've seen it, I've done it." I think it was fun, but that's all I, I needed from that game. And while we felt like the demo gave you a good sample, it didn't show you like any any player progression. It didn't show you too much of the of the story. It didn't show you like uh, what we plan, what we're planning for the world or all the characters in it. So we feel that there's still a lot more in from space for you to experience. That we, if we put it in another demo we might run the risk of then satisfying the audience and basically yep. saying, hey, we are shooting ourselves in the foot because 
now people aren't considering a purchase anymore because they're like, well, I tried the first demo, the second demo, what more is there for me to, to experience? So this is, this is also something that a demo is a great thing to have, but it's also a, a double-edged, uh, a double-edged sword. Um, I think one, one more comment in regards to the demo, what really made us decide to push for a demo on Stadia is because at the time, I think there was only one demo. I think just a, just a Ubisoft game had a, had a demo on there. So we felt like we were having such a difficulty getting eyeballs to our title on Steam. Mm-hmm. Like during NextFest, I think that NextFest, over a thousand new demos were released and some did right. really good. And I think like the numbers for from space was also were also pretty good. But like because we weren't able to tick that like that trending KPI, like really get a ton of people onto the game, people were basically like, okay, the game is out there, but we're not drawing enough eyeballs to it. Whereas on Stadia, we knew that there is a very healthy audience basically willing to check out anything that launches on the on the platform. <laughs> and if there's only one demo, then we're the other half of the of all the demo offerings on the on the platform. Exactly. We might I think we're we're gonna get going to get a lot of people. And I think right now, whether that's whether that's on our on our Discord or on our Twitter or people following us, there is a lot of people from the from that Stadia community. And the fun fun thing is that a lot of people is just very supportive. So I'm happy to have all those people. Excellent. I'm gonna give you the second part of the question. You pretty much kind of talked about it but i'm gonna ask uh can you elaborate on what changes the game has undergone that the demo no longer represents the final product in terms of gameplay and graphics okay so in terms of visuals there have been a ton of changes like from uh small things like being able to better see your character against the background of the of the world is something that made a huge difference for for us even when you were when you were playing the video of the demo just now i now really see how difficult it is to see your character sometimes and even though the aliens are pink they also kind of blend into the to the game so we did a ton of small changes that really just an additional outline a little touch here a little touch there that just made everything a lot more easy to process visually as a as a player um, on the other hand, uh, like the, the performance of the game also continued to, to evolve. So we're getting more frames a second, we're getting higher resolutions, and just overall visual uh, uh, performance was just majorly improved between that time. In terms of gameplay, like the majority of the game was actually built after we uh, completed the demo. So as I mentioned, like we didn't have any, any player progression. Uh, we didn't have any like we we now have all kinds of different different characters with different character traits, a ton of different items and weapons to to play with, and also just like that that thread that go that starts at the beginning and ends at the end and and ties uh, the entire world uh, uh, together. That's something that we've crafted over the past couple of couple of months. So like I think maybe eighty percent of what the game now is came together after we completed the demo. Excellent, excellent. Thanks for answering that. And then my last question to you. Um, while developing from space, have you learned anything new as compared to it came from space and ate our brains when it comes to uh, developing games for Stadia? Yeah, well, this is the cool thing about uh, Stadia and, and like the development tools that Google's uh, is, is evolving is that, it, that, it's, that it's like it's making rapid changes. 
Um, we, we are seeing new tools. We're seeing uh, big improvements there to the stuff that we can use. Uh, new features are being rolled out to, to developers and we are, we are there to, uh, to experience it. Um, sometimes it's, it's difficult to, to say, oh, hey, we're, we can't jump on just any bandwagon. So even like if there's a ton of new features, there's only a, a handful that, really, uh, that we can really use. Uh, but yeah, I, I think a, a ton has actually changed. And also, this is more boring business stuff. But like, if you <laughs> if you build a game, there's always the part of getting your game out on the platform. So this is like the images that you see on the store, the descriptions, mm -hmm. the pricing, the regions, the age ratings, all that kind of stuff. A ton of time goes into all of that. And like Google has made some major steps in in that regard, making our lives a lot easier. So I'm I'm really happy about that stuff. But it's like it's all stuff that that you guys never get to never get to see. You right. never be be happy about it because it's it's, uh, it's it's all it's all business stuff. But yeah, there's a, there's a ton of changes all the time, and it's it's great. Yeah, absolutely. And then one more comment: Can you comment on the resolution and frame rate from us? Uh, from space and will run on how will it run on stadia yeah so this this is actually this, this is one of the questions that i'm happy that i that i read it before the uh, uh <laughs> meeting and I, and I and i asked my uh, my tech art uh, uh, on the team uh, about it and basically he mentioned and i'm i'm going to quickly alt tap to, to discord because i don't want to make any any uh mistakes here so we we can you still see me, by the way? I'm just yep. uh, switching yep. over. Okay. Yeah, yep. we see it. So we're going we're going to have three different uh, modes on Stadia, and this is this is still evolving. But we're going to have favor graphics, favor resolution, and favor performance. Now, nice. favor graphics oh. it runs at a uh, a 1080p. Uh, favor resolution runs at a 2160p, and at the moment, favor performance runs at a at a 720p. But that is a that is a, a still evolving uh, thing. We're trying to find the sweet spot of where that where that needs to be. Oh wow! Um, we are uh, we we are trying to target 60 frames in in as many of those uh, uh, modes as, as as possible. But with game development, you have you have to realize, especially in a smaller team. Like even even now we can have builds that are like oh man we're taking a massive hit on on frame rate and things might look look broken sometimes uh, like it takes just a, a lot of time to really dial it in and yeah we will we will take uh, all the time that we have leading up to the launch trying to squeeze as many as many frames and pixels out of that as uh, as we as we can but I. I'm, I'm, I hope I'm. I hope you're happy with those numbers. What, what was yes, I'm happy. What was the yeah. um, What was the demo uh, Remco in terms of res and frames per second? I think the demo was. Um, it was often hitting sixty, but it was definitely dipping, uh, dipping down. So it was. Uh, I think sometimes also at at, um, uh, at fifty or maybe even at uh, at 40, uh, 40 frames. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think we were. I, I think. We were running. Uh, we were capping it at at 60, but allowing it to basically uh, uh, go to variable frame rate beneath it. Some platforms actually say that as soon as you cannot hit the 60, you have to uh, perform at, at 30. So you only have these big uh, switches. I don't think they were as noticeable for a game like uh, like From Space. And to be honest, I think that you're going to still have a great experience at 30 frames. But like for for Stadia. 
you want a you want a, a smooth uh, as experience as uh, as possible. So getting getting to that sixty frames is definitely our our goal here. I thought it worked really well. I, I was yeah, really it looked it. fantastic. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, Remco, thank you so much. Top job to you and your team. I'm going to hand over it to uh, SPG William. Thank right you. on. Remco, thank you so much for your passion, man. And thank you for bringing more games to Google Stadia. Uh, I know the community is very excited for this title. Um, and my first question is, are there any plans to implement any Stadia-specific features in From Space, such as crowd play, crowd choice, um, stream connect, or state share? Will will any of these features make it crossplay? Um, yeah, so so because um, because we're like basically we're spending all of our time getting getting the the uh, the multiplayer experience as good as it as it can be. So we're not we're not considering too many new features anymore at uh, at this stage. And we haven't, as of right now, we haven't included things like like crowdplay, for instance, which is actually on my on my list. It is like the top choice of things to have for for, awesome. for from yes. space. <laughs> um, but it's also it's also to a point where we're like, oh man, it. Okay, so this is this is a little bit of a of a, a thing that um, we have a mechanic in from space where if you play by yourself, also as a group, by the way, but especially if you play by yourself. If you if you complete a quest for a character, you're then able to recruit that character into your into your group. So you can have a following of all kinds of NPCs, and because of all these because these NPCs they all have different different character traits, you can equip them with weapons and basically form your your army of, of characters around you. Sweet. Um, our Sweet. idea was like it would be great if if you could recruit those NPCs, but like people on your stream, viewers of your stream could then take control of one of those NPCs. Mm -hmm. Now, the, yes. these aren't as resilient as the main character, so they, they die often, but mm -hmm. also this is a great way to keep more, get more people in the game and, and have, mm -hmm. have people help you out on your, on your main quest. Yeah, what, what a but fantastic way to bring in more participation. That's fantastic. But I, I like also I'm I'm I'm, try, I'm giving you a little bit of insight in the in the thought process here because this is like <laughs> I come up I come up with this and then my producer is like Remco great idea we have this we have this huge list can you please shut up because we need we do we have to do a whole lot of different things so I'm like okay I'll, um, yeah so I I think and, and to be completely honest I think it's I think it's unlikely that we'll be able to implement this at launch. Uh, we are, however, trying to uh, trying to figure out how we can do as much uh, post-launch updates and, and and new content as we can. It would be would be great to be able to uh, to eventually add one of these uh, one of these features. It's not it's not for the lack of not not wanting it in there for sure. Right. So, um, SPG. Sorry, I just want I just want to uh, get this question here. I I think. This question was answered a little while ago on your Discord, Remco. But for those that may not have saw or or know about it, it will from space. Are you targeting to have touch controls for for mobile or? Yeah, we're we're definitely planning to to have touch controls, but at the, as of right now, we are not sure if it will be there at launch. Okay. So sure. it will it, it will for at, at the very least uh, be like hey you can hook up a, a controller and you can you can right. play the game through through, through Bluetooth. Our plan mm -hmm. is is definitely to have uh, native touch controls and this is why we are also considering like these what we call training wheels. 
So doing like auto aim, maybe some auto movement or mm-hmm. stuff like that, that, that really mm-hmm. makes sure that, that you can enjoy a game like this, because there's, there's quite a bit of input that you need to, that you need to do for a game like, like from space, like already having, considering two sticks, that's already pretty complicated. And then there's fire buttons, there's grenade throwing, there's item placement, there's all this kind of stuff going on. So it's not just about doing the controls on touchscreen. It's about getting the controls to a point where it's great to play on, on, on the touchscreen. And this is like just something that we, that we want to take our time and, uh, um, and, 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 well, try to do a great job on it. Right. Fantastic. Awesome. awesome. Um, is there a, uh, is there a targeted release date? um for from space on stadia the steam page lists uh q3 of 2022 is that this going to be the same for stadia it is going to be the same for stadia the uh, the game will launch uh, on the same day on on both uh, of those platforms there is a scheduled release date <laughs> not, going, not going to reveal it right now <laughs> so so is it Sweet safe steak. to say because we looked it up q3 is from july the 1st to september 30th would the release date fall in between those dates? He's not going to tell us. <laughs> well, that's Q3. He's told you that. He's already told you. Well, I, I mean, that's just arms, a, John. That, that, that's a confirmation because you know how people in, in the I will, community, I will, yeah. you know, they're, they're I will very tell, specific. I will tell you this. Okay. There is this, there's this interview with Gabe Newell when someone asked him about um, Half-Life 3. <laughs> And I think yeah, during like... the interview, Gabe was at a at a forge and he was just hammering on a on a crowbar. And he's he said, "These things they take a long time," yeah. and it's the case for from space as well. You got it. <laughs> okay. So we can look forward to a Half Life Three as well then. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Same release date. Let's yeah. <laughs> yeah. not hope that. No, 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 no. no. Uh, uh, Remco, r- real quick before I let it go back to John, I have another question for you. Um, I realize that this project has changed a lot. You've already told us that, but um, from early uh, design to early development, uh, what change surprised you the most of your title? Um, so actually, we um, we had so many situations where we had to do everything right at the first attempt. And this is this is often the case for commercial projects where basically you have a you have a set budget, you have to you have to make this entire list of specs, and that basically means that you have to do it right in the in the very first uh, in the very first attempt. And for from space, we actually allowed us more than ever before to build something, experience it, and either iterate or get rid of it. And one of the one of the big aspects that we actually decided to to cut for, from the game um, is actually the mechanic of uh, guiding the bomb uh, uh, that was in the that was in the demo. Um, uh, like the, um, uh, we we felt that it it ultimately was too clunky. Too many people were confused uh, about it. Um, we did a we did a survey, and that really was one of the items that that stuck out. We felt like we already spent quite a bit of time trying to get it right, and it just wasn't. It still wasn't great. So we decided uh, we decided to cut it, uh, turn it into something different, and I think the game now plays uh, plays better because of it. So this is, I think, one of uh, one example of of I think many things that changed throughout the the life cycle and are still changing. Like even. Even if we now have uh, have play sessions, we're coming up with like, hey, this isn't like 
I, I know we've been looking at this at a, at a couple of weeks now, but it, it isn't great. We either change it or we, we remove it or we replace it, but we have to do something. We can't just leave it as it is. And sometimes this can be this can be frustrating because you're talking about things that people spend a lot of time and care uh, creating. Um, but but we feel ultimately that this is taking this is allowing us to uh, really let the game grow to a to a higher level and and to to bring more more quality. Uh, so yeah, I, I hope that I hope that answers your question a little bit. Absolutely, fantastic answer. Thank you. Um, I do have one more, um, if that's all right, John. Um, mm -hmm. My other question is, is um, a lot of people aren't familiar with actually game development. I think a lot of us feel that we're armchair quarterbacks, you know, looking at some situations. Um, <laughs> my question to you is, um, what is the biggest thing most people get wrong in thinking of uh, developing or making a video game? That's a good question. I think... People assume that that changes are easy, but a lot of like think of like let's say you're building a house, and uh, like when you when you when you're putting on the roof, somebody's saying, "Oh, can we can we move the kitchen door just one foot to the left?" And yeah. and, and, the, and the problem is that no, you can't because there's walls and there's yeah. three three stories and then there's the roof already on it so sometimes no those a lot of you, sometimes those decisions they are super difficult and like i i think i see people say oh why don't why don't they move the game to the unreal engine and do it and get better graphics that way it's like no it's it, like i understand it's a complex thing i don't i don't i don't and uh, understand why uh, like I think I, I kind of get it, but I, I don't understand anything everything about movie making, and I know that is a very difficult, uh, very difficult yeah. job. And with video games, I think that there is even more different skill sets involved. There is even more yeah. things things going on because at a movie, the only frame that I can see is the one that is pointing that the lens is pointing at. Within within video games, I can go all over the place. Yeah. I can go nuts. I can try try to break it, and like. Taking into account all those different scenarios is just—it's just sometimes super difficult. And yeah, people—I have—I have a very difficult time with people giving developers like bad reviews over not updating their game quick enough and uh, threatening to refunding the game or using negative reviews as a way to to really bully developers into into getting what they want. I think that. A lot of times people aren't really considering that there's people on the other end of the line that are like by the time that you get to play the game i will have spent like two years of my life right. every day working over this and like even if you even if you hate it even if you think we did a we did a poor we did a poor job like go go gentle on these on these deaths uh, for for a little yep. bit because to them it's already like they they probably know that it didn't quite work out in the way that they that they hoped or expected no nobody sets out to build a shitty game you know right everybody right. everybody sets out to build yeah. to build something cool and just because it like, didn't yeah. work just because it didn't work exactly. doesn't mean that they didn't uh, put their blood sweat and tears in the in the, right in exactly. the project yeah yeah, yeah. And, from Atari. Uh, I, it's, it's just, <laughs> exactly uh, yeah <laughs> I think that is probably one example of like 
corporate greed going to the very yeah, next, uh, to the the very world, next level. Yeah. That's uh, that's actually a great segue into my last question. Promise, John. Um, okay. What uh, what what pressures do you feel, if any, from a publisher when working on a title, and do they have any creative control over you? Okay, so like all of these projects, whether you work with a with a client or or a partner or or for yourself, they are all they're all super stressful. And there's definitely there there's scenarios where where personally I've had a very difficult time because I was dealing like I, I, the the birth of a of a child it kind of aligned with like the delivery of a project and I was I was made to feel like I couldn't spend that time because the the client was demanding my my time to be there on the uh, on the project and. That, like I might have, I might have put myself in that uh, in that scenario. But these are very difficult things that you sometimes experience. Not just as like I hope that not a lot of game devs experience it, but I experienced it as an as an entrepreneur and as a business owner. And like sometimes it makes you a little bit numb uh, for this because like a, a setback might make you think like, well, I'm like I'm still here. What what more can happen? But you, yeah, there is. I don't. I don't want to. Um, um, don't get me wrong. Like I'm. I'm not suffering because of this. But there is a lot of abuse that people that people take in the in the industry. Right. It's just game dev. It takes so so much time to build a uh, to build a video game, and it's so easy to to burn someone to the ground on the on the internet. And I know. Like, I know. Deadline and crunches can get really crazy as well. So. Yeah. Well, for for instance, like we. Uh, we 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 pride ourselves on on like I, I say not having crunch time. Like there's there are scenarios where we ask guys to stay a little bit longer in the in the office, but we have always avoided scenarios where people are in the office like weeks on end, um, yeah. like in the weekends or whatever. We 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 don't have those scenarios. I never want to get to the point where we where we have those scenarios. Awesome. But I have visited I visited many many devs. Um, where people just like there's beds in the office and people were just taking <laughs> wow. quick two hour naps to get back behind their desk. And I personally feel like I'd rather just send people home at the end yep. of the afternoon and basically say, spend time with your with your family, have a meal, go to sleep. And tomorrow we'll we'll try again because right. there's like crunch time can never fix bad management. And like there's still a ton of companies who who don't understand this, but sometimes like these projects when tens of millions of dollars or euros are involved people stop caring about if you need sleep or not they will just <laughs> they will just force the force the issue and like there's these are major major plays that fortunately i'm not dealing with uh, uh as a as an independent developer but i know that like huge teams it it happens and it happens still way too uh, way too frequently it was going okay till John insisted on Q3, Remco, and now it's <laughs> <laughs> Well, we still did say it, we, we got... Was it Q3 of 22 or 23? <laughs> at, least, at least 25. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, well, thank you. This, is, this has been such an amazing, amazing uh, time to chat with you, Remco, here. Do you happen to have a few more minutes that we could take some questions from the chat? Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So I know here's one question here. Um, from Space, are you targeting or will it have cross-play? 
we will not have crossplay. Um, and the reason is that crossplay is a is a very uh, difficult subject to to manage as a small developer, and and this is because like with with especially console platforms, there is a lot of requirements that it, that your game has to comply with in order to be allowed to publish onto onto a platform. And if your game has a multiplayer component, those requirements like then then triple. So doing doing crossplay as an indie indie dev is a huge feat. Um, like if we get super successful and we get a ton of people into from space, like for me that would be the time to start thinking about crossplay. But before that, and this is actually one of the reasons why we focused on friend invites because we know you're going. For instance, we also don't have voice chat in the game. There's not like I can't spend my time building voice chat. This is not. It's just not feasible for me. So what we what we do instead is basically say, hey, people are already chatting with each other over Discord or over the over their friend channel. People are already able to invite each other. Let's just use all of that and focus on all of that. And we don't have to worry. Like if your friend is on Xbox and you are on Stadia, just order them a Chromecast and you can play together. Like, uh, <laughs> it's probably the easiest. Yeah, the easiest or, or they can play it. on their, their computer or their tablet. Or you win TV one on John's or... channel. We're going to turn For instance, every yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 can, they can use the browser on Xbox, right, to go to to, to play Stadia. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So they can there's there's it, tons yeah. of there's there's tons of ways to to go about that. So yeah, that's um, but yeah, crossplay is again one of those things that people are like, oh, that would be great to have. Yeah, but it's it's like opening such a can of worms. It's incredible. Great. So you that's don't awesome. have to you don't have to opt in or like um, give PlayStation or Xbox a kickback if you did want to implement it into your game, would you? I, I don't even know how that works. That's why I'm asking. Well. If if people purchase a game on a platform, then the platform generally profits from that uh, from that purchase as uh, as well. There is a ton of there is a ton of rules about using uh, uh, getting a game on on PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live or or any of those services. The short answer then is I I don't know I don't think that there's additional charges for crossplay, but I know that there's a ton of additional guides and and like requirements to, for you to to follow. That's for sure. Perfect. Okay, so we've got another question here, uh, a little more lighthearted here. What's your favorite game of all time? It is uh, <laughs> The Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker, um, and I'll, I'll tell you why. It is actually the uh, is the first game that I that I played together with my with my girlfriend uh, when the game launched on on GameCube. We we played it we played through it uh, uh, together, start to start to finish. And um, uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those experiences that uh, that is never uh, never top. Like I I love some I love my I love all of the Zelda no, not all of the Zelda games. I love most of the of the Zelda games, and like I I experienced Breath of the Wild with my uh, with my oldest uh, with my oldest son uh, when that game got released in in 2017. So that's like a very close second at the yeah. uh, at the moment, but like the Wind Waker, it always has a, has a special place uh, for me. Perfect, awesome. Okay, we have another question here. Um, what is your targeted playtime in hours for from space? Like we just roughly, we yeah. No, we don't necessarily have a, have a target for uh, for that. Also, these questions for, for me are really difficult to answer because are you mm -hmm. are you talking about 
a single playthrough? Are you talking about times for a completionist? I think what is most important here is that we are we are trying to come up with ways for you to enjoy the game multiple times. And one of those reasons is like all the all the characters that you can play with and that you can unlock, they're all specialists in their in their own way. So you can find combinations of characters to play with with your friends and you can change it up completely for for a new playthrough and have a completely different different experience. So replayability for from space is a is a is a big thing for us, but mm -hmm. I I wouldn't want to put a number on it right now. Okay. Okay. All righty, we got a question here from the Stadia Adventure. Question, is the Stadia player base impressively plumper and more colorful now? It's always than a good when idea to read the questions first, John. <laughs> well, I, I saw this one. I thought, Mar Mar I, this is why I picked this, so Marcus has this here. So is the player base impressively plumper and more colorful now well, than when... Yeah, I know. I I myself have actually gotten a little bit more plump during the uh, during the pandemic. But I, have a wheel. Uh, yeah. Okay, that was fun. All right. So then we'll, we'll come up. I've got I've got one question here, and then we'll 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 let you go here. I know you you had mentioned that there will be some news about from space coming up. Is there? Can we anticipate that within the next couple of months, possibly? Q3. Like, we're, we're not, not, we're not. You don't say Q3. You know, I'm not trying to tie you to a specific date and time, or you know, but just for people that are really excited about the game, you know, just a, a general like anticipation. Like, is it? Could we say is in the it, next couple of months? When or? is E3, when is E three happening? It ain't well. Yeah, <laughs> no E three this year. No, no. So it's something it's online. But, yeah, but the, yeah, <laughs> je, je, yeah. It, it'll be like the, the in Maybe. June usually. Yeah, June, early June. I think the um, uh, when we when we start coming out with news, it will it will continue to come thick and thick and fast. Uh, okay. Hang in there for a couple more weeks. Oh, awesome. okay. Is it coming awesome. from space? <laughs> yes. we'll we'll have our own very own wow signal i don't know if that's well i want to say uh, thank you so much remco for you know spending this last hour plus with us here we know you're extremely busy and i know we worked over the last uh several days to figure out a date and a time that worked you know best for both of us here and thank you so much we really do appreciate uh you taking this time and all the hard work that you and the team have have thank been you. pouring into from space and it came from space and ate your brains and everything that you're doing and just the openness uh and the welcomingness to the stadia community we really do appreciate that and uh it's just been fantastic to be able to talk to you here one-on-one -on -one and and get some answers and find out about the game yourself, the studio, and that much more. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, and like, uh, uh, thanks for having me on. I, I really love these kind of uh, these type of interviews. I really appreciate the time that you guys put into getting these getting these questions uh, together. Like in the in the meantime, if you want to help us out, um, give us yep. a follow on 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 Twitter at uh, From Space Game is where we'll have news around uh, around From Space. 
Um, also, you can just continue to play. It came from Space and Aetherbrains on on Stadia Pro. Like every every session that you that you have there helps mm -hmm. us uh, helps us out a big uh, a big deal. People have been awesome. loving it. Came from Space and Aetherbrains on on Stadia. It's been it's been great for for us. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, more people more people playing is is more people excited about uh, about from Space. Hopefully, that's awesome. And the uh, your details, uh, Discord website and twitter are in the description of the video here so please Perfect. uh check that out join the discord it's fun you know, there's always something going on and people chat it's a little bit it's there. a little bit quiet it will start yeah. to ramp up soon yeah 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 for sure but everything already? is soon sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> soon tm all right well with that we will uh say a goodbye to everybody again Thank you, Remco. We appreciate that. Uh, SPG, Rock, Ray, thank you so much for coming on the show here and chatting with Remco. And thank you to everybody in the chat. We look forward to speaking with you all again real soon. Take care and have a wonderful rest of the day. Thanks, guys. Great. Bye.